0: Hello, bunch of besties. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I am Sam Prevo. I am extremely tired because it's early in the morning, but we're here and we're thriving. And as always, I am joined by
1: Jennifer Molia, who is the reason that we are up early because I have a doctor's appointment today. Um, so it's my fault that we're all tired, that <laughs> I too am tired. so it's okay. But as Sam said, we're here. We're thriving. It's gonna be a good little, little episode.
2: <laughs> and and I am Ariel Melendez. Might as well continue the train of also being tired. And fun fact, I fell through my deck yesterday. <gasps> she was also in
0: pain. Oh no! I'm so sorry! Time. Oh my god! <laughs> Guys!
2: I having oh, a great time right now. How does that? How does that happen? The the wood underneath the deck broke when I stepped on it.
1: That's really good. I'm really excited. Oh my gosh! We are just having congratulations. A Everyone, send your good oh, vibes does.
0: to Ariel. I know I will.
1: Yeah, okay. come on. Oh gosh. Well,
0: I hope you're okay. <laughs> well, I hope we make it through this this hour in in so one piece. Good, good. There's no decks to fall through here. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, we're, we're we're on a bed here. We should This be is good. a safe space.
0: This is a safe space for sure. Uh there's a lot of news to get through because we have two more days until we find out everyone's uh protection lists for the expansion draft. Woohoo. Yeah. Um there's already been a whole lot of moves happening. I tried to keep track of them all. I think I forgot maybe one or two minor things, but I have most of the big things written down, so we could yeah. dive into all that. Because players have been waving, there are no move clauses in order to free up more protection spots for their teams. Um, that might be the biggest surprises of of the news in the like that I have listed: uh, mm-hmm. buyouts, trades, extensions, the whole shebang. We've got it all. <laughs> Um, so I guess I'm just gonna go through the the no move clause lists first because yeah, that's probably like the biggest surprises to me, and one of the biggest surprises to me, period, was that my favorite player Jeff Skinner waived his no move clause, uh, so that Buffalo can have another protection spot. Um, I don't think that the I initially panicked, but I don't think the Kraken want to take on that nine million dollar contract because. I was thinking the same. Buddy. While I do love the man, the uh, contract is not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely, af- I mean, the, the year before he signed it, it definitely warranted that contract. But since then, things have been a little rocky. You could blame it on Buffalo. You could blame it on him. You could blame it on a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think that of the bigger contracts available that Ron Francis would want to, you know, spend that on a player like Jeff Skinner um also I'm not 100% clear on what their relationship was when he was GM of Carolina those were some pretty rough years in the organization there was a transition of power in ownership um the team was just kind of stuck in this like endless loop of mediocrity there was a lot of blame passed around and Ron Francis never like signed Uh, Jeff Skinner to any contract, both both his draft and uh, both his entry level, like drafting him, the entry level and his um, extension that ultimately ran out when he was with Buffalo um, was all done by Jim Rutherford. So um, I'm not quite sure like where they stand. Um, Mm. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident in saying that it from my insider information, which is very little, um, I doubt that they'll take him I think that's what Buffalo is kind of banking on that they get an extra spot because uh Jeff Skinner was the only forward that they had to protect he's the only one with a no move clause so um this just frees up they can protect literally anybody they want now um
1: yeah so that was um,
0: that's the one that I have the
1: most knowledge of yeah I was just gonna say that um I agree with what you said the first thing I thought when I saw it was like yeah, they're not going to want to take on that contract. That's kind of a hefty contract um, to quite literally start your NHL tenure as a team with. Um, So I don't think that they'll take him. However, I do understand the panic of thinking that your favorite player could get drafted to an expansion team. Um, So (laughs) my deepest sympathies are with Sam at this time. Um, I feel like I had... Something else to say about it, but yeah, I mean, he's kind of an unfortunate situation because he is such a talented player, and Buffalo is just a trash fire this season, as we've talked about multiple times. Um, so that sucks. I don't have any real commentary on that other than (laughs) that's not great, yeah. Um, but yeah, it and it's definitely like alarming because I think I kind of thought he was gonna be with Carolina like forever. And then when he went to the Sabers, I was like, "Oh, so he'll just be there forever." Um, he just seems like the kind of player to like stay in one place. I can't really see him moving around a lot. I don't have an explanation for that. I'm simply going off vibes, as I often do. Um, but, but my my vibe, my vibe detector is that he's not going to go to Seattle. Yeah. We'll see if my vibe detector is wrong. I very mean, shortly.
0: I I mean with the, when it comes to him staying. In one place, I mean, he did stick it out in Carolina. He, yeah, he, you know, he stuck through a, a whole lot. Uh, he was pretty much like scapegoated, I would say, in his last uh, like seasons with Carolina. Um, they just couldn't get the pieces to you know get it done. And as one of the longest tenured players on the team at the time and a leader on the team, I think it was easy and his production kind of fell off and I don't think that's because of him I think it's because of the way he was utilized by their revolving door of coaches specifically at the end Bill Peters Um, I think he got scapegoated a lot at the end of that and then the new regime kind of just wanted a change they got rid of most of the players that um, were in, like, the old guard of, of players on that team, um yeah. the only player that really stuck around was Jordan Stahl, who had been there for a lengthy amount of time. Um, so, like I said, I don't know, like, what the, like, vibe is between him and Ron Francis, but that's kind of the way things shook out in Carolina, and he seems pretty happy in Buffalo despite their mediocrity or even worse than that, their fire ness I don't know how else yeah. to put it. Their their heart, their bottom of the barrel hockey. Um, he always seems positive in interviews, saying like I'm I'm happy to be a Saber. I want to stay here. So, yeah, I just don't see it happening for a multitude of reasons. But you never know, stranger has happened. Um, yeah. But that's that. Uh, the next few players, I don't really know. Like I don't know that well, but I have a feeling that they're one of the more likely candidates to go. Um, Eric Johnson from Colorado waived his no move. Um, I don't think it's official yet, but Matt Duchesne is rumored to also be left unprotected. And, uh, I was looking for others. Ben Bishop is the other one that I saw. Um, he waived his no move clause in Dallas. Um, so I wonder in Dallas if that means the two goalies they want to protect are uh Igor I mean not Igor. uh Anton Kudobin, I'm sorry in my brain, and uh Jake Ottinger. Um because he's kind of the goalie of the future there. Yeah. Or maybe they're gonna go the eight skater four D one goalie route and then only protect Ottinger. So
1: I could see that. Yeah. I mean as an organization you just have to make Ottinger a priority, I think. Um there's not really much else to say. You've yeah. seen what he can do. He is good. Um, if he were to get taken, I would say, wow, that's really stupid. Yeah. So, And Ben Bishop's laundry list of injury history uh, doesn't really
0: help his case when it comes to something like an expansion draft. Because when he's good, he's good. But that comes with a lot of question marks and buts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I understand from an organizational standpoint why they may want to go Kudobin and Ottinger, or like I said, the eight. The I believe the route is eight skaters, four defensemen, uh, one goalie um, could be an option, and then they only protect Ottinger um, since they're confident that Bishop and Kudobin would be untouched, or that they yeah, can I roll mean... with Bishop and Ottinger for the future if Kudobin's taken.
1: Bishop is a weird situation because like you said when he's good like he's great and like I remember a couple of years ago maybe not so much anymore but I remember I said anymore weird um, I remember him being considered like one of the best goalies in the league if not the best goalie in the league um and now he's just not um, which which is nobody's fault <laughs> um like you said you know he's so many injuries and just other stuff going on um my only fear if I'm them is looking at what happened with Vegas and Marc-Andre Fleury and I'm like mm, don't want that to happen so I don't know I guess we'll see I mean I don't know what the real appeal of Ben Bishop is like if you're Seattle are you like I can fix him like I'm a fixer like I, I don't know that's every NHL um, GM ever I could fix I mean, him. Yeah, that's I fair. can fix him. Um, yeah, and I I feel like that's a weird attitude if you're a new team in the expansion draft. Like you don't want to have to get players that you have to fix. Like you just want them to be good right off the bat. Yeah. Um, in my in my humble onion, in my humble opinion, um, yeah. Those are my Ben Bishop thoughts. I yeah, I mean, honestly, looking like at guy. yeah, honestly, looking at these this list of players that like waive their no move clause. I mean,
0: maybe Matt Shane would be like the most appealing. Um, yeah, yeah. But even sure. then, mm-hmm. ultimately, like, I think these moves are kind of those safety, like the the organizations that you know ask these players to waive their causes, m- just felt that it was a worthwhile risk to take considering yeah. that the none of these contracts are particularly appealing and now they free up a space to say, to save someone that they that they all otherwise wouldn't have been able to and 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 they like more or as a younger player that they fear could be taken um, mm-hmm.
1: Did, a lot of, um, I'm sorry sorry I thought you were done That's no okay you can go ahead okay either way I was just gonna ask I know they were saying that Shea Weber's career was in jeopardy because of his injury. Did they end up doing anything about it? Because I saw that, Um, like, maybe they were going to try to move him, but I feel like I don't think
0: so. I don't think – I think they want to see, like, I guess they want to assess. I mean – Yeah. They were – before their cup run, this was in discussions as well, so – Maybe they do like a Ryan Callahan last year where they, you know, everyone knows that their career's over. They're never going to play again, but they trade them to a team that, you know, could pay off the contract and they yeah. just sit on long-term IR to till the contract's over. Um, like literally Ryan Callahan did that and he was being paid by Ottawa, but on TV, like as a retired, like everyone knew. So
1: yeah. Um, What I saw people mm -hmm. saying was like, "This is going to cause cap trouble for Nashville," and my brain had to like compute it and be like, "He's not on that." Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. The cap (laughs) recapture for them is
0: something not looking
1: cute. No, yeah. I just want to bring it up because I didn't remember if like anything actually happened or they were just. Yeah, I think it's like a wait and see
0: thing. Um, because I wonder if they like. How many? I'm gonna look up how many years he has left on that deal. Um, like, oh, uh, I'm looking up the, it up the right deal now
2: that uh, all started because of the flyers,
0: yeah, the <laughs> offer sheet thing, yes. yeah, it that one. Dead. Uh, still that. Oh, no. my, okay, so he's under contract until 2025, 2026. So I know that there, yeah. the one thing that I saw, and it this might be, I might be misremembering, but. Um, I think I saw something about, like, perhaps just letting him miss next season to, like, evaluate it. I think Dustin Bufflin kind of, like, was okay. in a similar way uh, last year mm. with, like, taking the year off to, like, assess, like, the standing with the org and, like, get surgery and that kind of stuff. I wonder if they let him take – since he is locked up for so long, I wonder if they let him, like, take the year off, um, go on long term IR to um just like assess the injuries maybe get necessary treatment and then decide on the NHL future um or like I said they just trade him off somewhere and uh he gets like bought out or put on long term IR indefinitely or whatever because it's a long time to still be under contract so I think Montreal's taking it taking a longer look at it also because he's such a leader on the team and and was a big driving force in their cup run so I don't think it's as simple as like a Ryan Callahan last year.
1: For sure. And I mean, I think it's a situation that's like you have that many years left on a contract. It's not like you have to like take action on anything right now. Like you said, he has until twenty five, twenty six, which is weird to hear because, you know, when like you hear a year and like, you guys just moved for me. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you broke up a little bit. Okay. Well, my point was, you know, when you like hear a year and you're like, "There's no way that's a real year," like 2025. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I there's, have. There's no way. I have one better.
0: So this is a perfect segue because when we talk about buyouts, uh, yeah. Ryan Suter and Zach Parise were both bought out by the Minnesota Wild. If, if shocked, if we remember, if we remember, they signed ta- twin. Eternity-long contracts before there was a cap on, on term limits on contracts. Um, they signed in two insane matching contracts in 2012. They are now being bought out by the Minnesota Wild. When you are bought out, you pay half the salary over twice the time. So that means okay. that Ryan Suter and Zach Parise will be on Minnesota's payroll till 2029.
1: There's no way that's a real year. <laughs> There's no way. I will... I will have been out of college for four years in two thousand twenty nine.
0: Yep, and you haven't even started yet.
1: And I haven't even started mm-hmm. yet. That's how long that they're is... going to be being paid by by Minnesota. That's like um... like Bobby Bonilla Day in baseball. Yeah, or uh D- or contract on the I- on the island. I forgot oh, about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey Ricky. He signed a, an yeah. eternity long contract. There this is all part of the reason why there's limits on contracts now. Um But I think the interesting thing about uh the Suter Parise buyout is I don't know about you guys, but I thought I felt like the writing was on the wall for this for a little while. The Wild oh, are taking, I was shook. Oh, the Wild see to me the Wild are <laughs> taking a step in a taking a step forward. They took a like yeah. a huge step forward this season. And I think they wanted to kind of expedite that process, that rebuild process, and get mm-hmm. more of Parisian Suter's money off the books. I know they were trying to throw the bag at Kirill Kaprizov, and he said no um, because uh, he believes that he'll be worth more than they're even offering. I think they're offering him like eight million now over like seven years or something, and he mm-hmm. said no. I want a four or five year contract because I think down the road I'll be worth like $10, 11 million dollars, which Good for you, Kang, like know your worth, but I know that they're, that's, so the direction they're going in is kind of the youth movement and trying to expedite this rebuild because clearly they think they're up to the challenge, and so I don't think Suter and Parise ever really fit into that equation, Um, but I say this to say that I think the writing may have been on the wall, but to, at least to Suter, the writing definitely wasn't on the wall. I don't know if you guys heard anything about this, but. So yeah. the GM of the Wilds, Bill Garin, called Suter. Tried to to tell him about the buyout. He didn't pick up. So he left a message like "Call me back" or whatever, and called Zach Parise to say, "Hey, we're buying you out." <laughs> they have a nice Hello, they have a nice conversation. Parise hangs up. Parise immediately calls Suter to you know vent like, "Hey, Bessie, I got bought out." how sad you've been my partner through everything blah 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 and a suitor's comforting him like yeah bro that sucks man like I'm gonna miss seeing you around and then he gets a phone call and he's like I gotta take this it's from Bill Garin. picks up finds out he's also been bought out apparently he promptly hung up on the man conversation did not go well so i i'm sure just it seems like a between that and not being able to secure caprizov it seems like the wild have a lot cut out for them it's a yeah
1: it's 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 a wild time for them Uh, that joke's been made a million times yeah and i mean i i can definitely see what you mean by saying like this was kind of like you kind of saw it coming and that is valid but I think it's just one of those things where anytime like a franchise player, um, because I I would call, I would call both of them like franchise players for the Wild. I feel like the Wild don't have a ton of star power. Um, maybe that's just because I'm like ignorant and don't pay a lot of attention to them. That's like my fault. Um, but before like this year, they weren't amazing. Um, and I think this was the first year that you know, as we've been talking them about them, we've been like, okay, like they could do something. Um, so I I was just kind of shocked to see like big names like that going away. I was like, ooh, um, but I can definitely understand what they're trying to do. A little little spring cleaning, little yeah. I don't know. I feel like I had a second joke to make there. No, spring cleaning is the perfect way to put it. Um, yeah. I mean, and. We'll see if it works for them. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. As a fan of the New York Rangers, I am personally terrified for them because when the Rangers started rebuilding, my emotional stability was not there Um, because things just kept happening and I didn't like them. And I understood why they were doing them, but that didn't mean that I had to like them and it was very stressful.
0: That was the Ryan McDonough trade for me. Like seeing him win two cups is great, oh, yeah. but I just keep thinking
1: of like he should he should still be here. He um, been us. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, I think it's that fun. was yeah. I think it like half came as a surprise, half was like oh, okay, like this kind of makes sense. Like, like I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other buyout. I mean, honestly, this one surprised me more. Uh, Keith Yandel was bought out by the Florida Panthers, and I was genuinely surprised at this because the Panthers didn't. um They uh, didn't ask him to waive his no-move clause uh, for the Kraken, which I thought would be the route that they would take. Um, Me too, yeah. Mm -hmm. But instead, they're buying him out, and I don't know if there was just a a disconnect between him and and Joel Quenville. I'm surprised that they wouldn't gel as a player-coach because... Keith Yandel is very respected in the locker room. He's very, yeah. very popular with his teammates. He has that the Iron Man streak, which Quenville mm-hmm. like tried to break, um, and he's still like a viable defenseman. It's not like he's bad at his job, and he really stepped up when Ekblad got hurt. So I wonder yeah. what the what the like what the direction is for the Panthers organization that they don't see Keith Yandel as part of their future plan. Um, and I'm sure with the buyout, he'll get a cheaper contract somewhere else and probably flourish. And we can look back and be like, Florida made another mistake. Um, but I, that one was more surprising to me than Parise and Suter. I, I am, cause I, like I said, I really think that Keith Yandel is still a, a viable, like solid defenseman in this league. He's not what he once was, but he's not like, yeah. He's, he's not washed up by any means, so I, I'm surprised that... And especially after the year they had, and like I said, he stepped up when Ekblad got hurt. Uh, I'm surprised that, that they they saw this as the end of their... Sorry, guys. It seems we're experiencing some technical difficulties this early morning. Uh, I'm traveling, full disclosure, so I ha- we're using a different setup than usual, so perhaps it's an issue on my end. But... As we were saying, um, the buyout for Keith Yanda was just a surprise to me. That's that was my my two cents on it. I just that that it did it, to me. It didn't seem like a direction that the Panthers would take.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I mean, I think we've talked about him before, just in the sense that, you know, kind of like what you said, he's very likable. He's a big locker room guy. The Iron Man streak storyline, that whole thing. Um. So I have no doubt that he'll like find his um his niche, his place, his new home, if you will. I wanna see how old he is, because I'm curious. He's thirty-four
2: years old.
1: He's still pretty good for thirty four. Yeah, I was gonna say that, you know, like I the fact that I had to look up his age, like I he doesn't play like he's thirty-four, um, so which is a weird thing to say. Like, you ever think about the fact that, not to go on a tangent, but like, you ever think about the fact that because of sports, we're conditioned to think like thirty-five is like ancient. Like, that's yes. so weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I have no doubt that he will have. No problem finding another team to play on should he wish to continue playing. But if he's like, hey, I'm 34, I'm going to take my bag and go home. Um, I would also respect that. Um, yeah. My only other yeah. comment is somebody, I think it may have been Alyssa Turner, um, tweeted, guess Florida couldn't handle him anymore. And but um, uh, that is all jokes are okay. just, oh,
0: that is life. Joke um, i guess without that, that the, last name the puns are bound to happen they, oh yeah I said
2: the the only thing i can think of is like how many like an hour immediately after they announced it they re-signed two guys so yeah they yeah. used up the that, that money pretty <gasps> quick yeah. So the only thing I can think of of why they maybe did it was because they needed the money to do it. Yeah. Because they gave what Forsling and Duclair three year contracts. Uh eight million for Forsling and nine million for Duclair. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing they're just looking to go like in a younger direction as yeah. most teams usually I think- are doing but yeah it I I think I kind of agree that it was still a little surprising basically for like the same reasons that you guys mentioned is that he wasn't like bad by any means Mm -hmm. but I guess it it did seem like there was some kind of disconnect because of the you know the almost ending of the Iron Man streak and then he was scratched for I think they said where am I where did I read that oh my god I'm losing all of this book that's okay. But just... Uh, yeah, it, it did seem like a little surprising that they didn't also do the no movement like wave thing, but I guess yeah. they really wanted to get rid of the money because um, he was making a little over $6 million. So it's going to yeah. save them, like it says, $4 million against the cap next year, and then it won't cost them too much remaining because he's only sent through what I think 2024, 20, 25, I think it is. So I don't think it's going to cost them too much but it, it did seem oh there it is the, and he was scratched for half of their first round playoff series so <laughs> yeah it did seem like there there was maybe some kind of disconnect between him and him and just maybe even Quenbo with the whole like you said the whole potentially being scratched in the regular season thing like there was just something there that Quenbo was like mm, I don't know man I'm not sure how I feel about you anymore yeah yeah so it just it just seemed like there were, there was something there more so than his abilities because his abilities were still there.
0: Yeah, I think like I yeah I think you make a good point with Quenville and I, I also kind of mentioned it. I think I I'm surprised because I think he seems like Quenville's kind of player, you know? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And he does. He does. Yeah. I want. I don't know if it's him or the org or what. Um, I think they may maybe be in wild territory of unexpected jump in progress with the rebuild and how good the team really was last year I like it was unexpected I think on a lot of from a lot of for a lot of people so maybe they just changed their outlook on what they want the roster to be I am surprised that they didn't leave him available to the Kraken because I could have seen them bringing him in for like a veteran locker room presence and and maybe there's some sort of deal they could have worked out with Florida so that Florida didn't have to pay as much as they're paying him in the buyout um but maybe they just didn't want to take the risk and it's more of a sure thing to just buy him out so
2: yeah I could I could kind of see him as being one of the the players that Seattle would have taken um but kind of on that point you made before about that maybe seeing that they're kind of progressing faster than they maybe thought because th- they were kind of that team this year that everyone was like, "Oh, you're actually pretty good. Like yeah. we might, we might want to be a little afraid of you." And then you know, obviously, the first round happened. And then, but um, it, it does seem like a maybe they're like, "Hmm, I think we're better than we re- than we you know even thought we could be." So let's yeah. like transition to maybe being even younger and maybe being. I don't want to say more skilled because, like we said, Yando was still like a pretty good player but they're kind of thinking like we you know let's keep this train going let's try and see if we really you know are kind of further in the rebuild process than we think we are so let's get a little younger let's try and bring you know stability to a couple young guys see if they can take another jump forward that that also kind of seems like where Florida might be might be thinking with a move like that
0: yeah um so that's it on the buyout front um I think let's let's talk about trades because last night I think one of like the bigger trades before leading up to the expansion draft kind of happened. Um Ryan Graves was traded from Colorado to the Devils um for Mikhail Maltsev and a couple of picks. Um I was surprised because I think Colorado has a really deep defense. I wonder if this is because I believe Bowen Byram's a defenseman. I think maybe they want to give him a uh, more of a chance. And this is like a cap thing. They're still trying to sign Gabriel Landeskog. I don't know. This This came as a surprise to me with timing and everything, but I wanted to know if you guys had any input on it.
2: The only reason I didn't take it as a surprise and I can't even say like I had any feelings on it when I saw it because one I had to make sure it was real before I sent it to my friend because she <laughs> follows Colorado. So I was like, let me make sure this really happened because she liked Graves. And she kind of she said something to me that was kind of like they didn't expect him back next year huh. like after the season so it was possible. This was just a, we know you're going to leave at some point, so let's try and get something for you now, then, you know, possibly let you go as a free agent, so I don't know if it was, you know, maybe as surprising as it seems, because hmm. um, I don't I don't really know too much about Colorado that way, so that's why I kind of went to her to see what she thought about it, and that's kind of what, where she was going with it, but... It does kind of also seem, I don't even remember how much his contract was, if it really was going to be a hurdle for them when it came to potentially trying to sign um, Landis Kog, which to me is still like a crazy thing that there's even like a possibility that Landis could go to free agency. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, yeah. I'll say he's, okay, he's only making 3.1. Yeah, so that's so. It's not as if his contract was like gonna hurt them in any way. Yeah,
1: I think it's because but you have it,
0: players like Kale McCarr coming up soon, and the mm-hmm. whole Landeskog I'll situation. Play. From what I understand, they offered him five million a year, and he, they're not mm, very close that's... on that because he thinks on the open market he could get seven, eight, which I definitely think he could. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's a combination of factors, but yeah, I agree that 3.1 is really not gonna like.
2: Yeah, it wasn't going to, like, break anything on, on any signings there. But I guess they also thought he might go to Seattle. Maybe, um, yeah. So it, it was another one of those, like, if we're going to lose you, like, we're going to make sure we don't lose you for nothing. That's the only other, like, potential thing I saw is that they were afraid he was going to get taken. Yeah. Um. But, other, like, other than I don't really have any true true thoughts just because I don't know too much, about, uh, too much about Colorado in that regard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. I don't know a ton about Colorado either, but I did used to love Ryan Graves back in the back in the day. Um, yeah, it's weird because when he was with... I'm doing a Google search to verify what I'm about to say, but it's and not loading. Saying, he
0: was a Rangers draft pick. Right. You're right. That's
1: yeah. what I was about to say, and I was going to try to so find... I was going to try to find the year that he became not a Ranger, but my Google search wouldn't load. Um, But, yeah, I I liked him when he was in the Rangers system. He always seemed like a good guy, TM. Um, Just very (laughs) likable. And he he seemed like he had a lot of potential and a lot of talent. And I think he's – has he gotten a chance to prove that? Haven't really paid attention. I was going to say he's He's gotten a chance to prove that. He's been pretty good in
0: Colorado, really well-liked. Like top four yeah, kind of so. guy, so
1: I as mean, expected. It,
0: yeah, I mean they have Devon Tape locked up. Like I said, they have Bo and Byram coming up. They have Makar. um Yeah. So they they're still pretty deep defensively. I just I thought Graves was part of, more part of the longer term picture, but that goes to yeah. show my knowledge of the Colorado Avalanche.
1: Um, exactly. <laughs> I think we're just outing ourselves as not yeah we're just outing ourselves anything. as casually
0: knowledgeable about colorado um the
1: oh, other, okay.
0: I, I mean the other trade we the other like quote-unquote big trade i mean we all saw this coming because it's been reported on for a long time but duncan keith um was traded to the oilers in exchange for caleb jones uh seth jones's brother um and uh a third i believe um, oh, a yeah.
2: conditional third a conditional third a i think it probably that's has not to, gonna probably,
0: become a second it probably has to do with the conditions probably have to do with like how much Taylor plays.
2: Play- oh, well, no, it's um related to Keith and how much he plays. Um, it's something like if the Oilers win, like, three rounds and Duncan Keith is top four in ice time. Oh, God, I hate those. Then things. it'll turn conditions. into a thir- <laughs> Second, so everyone's like, so it's a third. Yeah, it's a third. Yeah, it's I wouldn't be a third. It's
1: a I third. wouldn't bank on that, personally. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> but, wouldn't. Um, um, the- yeah. You know, no, go ahead, Sam. Oilers in third round is not a, is not a sentence that I believe in. Um, But yeah, I, this, I mean, I, I'm, I feel bad for Duncan Keith in the sense that if he, he did this purely to be near his son. And I think if if he, if there wasn't this custody issue and, and he wasn't so far away from his, his kid, I think he would have played his entire career as a Blackhawk. And as a sports fan, as a human, I I am a sucker for a player staying with one team their whole career. Um, it's I guess it's an old fashioned mentality now, but I I just find it heartwarming and and and, and nice to see. So I, I feel bad that one of the like guys left in the league that could have had that story can't now because of you know, circumstances in life, but mm-hmm. it definitely works out for the Blackhawks. They're trying to make a push for Seth Jones. So now they have Caleb, I guess that's kind of like a, Hey, we have your brother. This is the thing the NHL does. We, <laughs> we trade for brothers to entice the other brother to whatever. So,
1: and does it ever work? Uh, no.
0: no, 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 it has patently not worked. Um, The thing that I, I kind of brought up the Keith trade to, to bring up a, uh, a point that L.A. Friedman and Jeff Merrick made on the 31 Thoughts podcast um, because they're talking about potential deals for Seth Jones to Chicago. And this just proves to me how crazy things are right now when it comes to, like, valuation of players. This is from at BN underscore Blackhawks, but the quote is from uh, – the information is from the 31 Thoughts podcast. So it says mm. Elliot and Jeff suspect that a Seth Jones deal for the Blackhawks quote starts with Doc unquote that's Kirby Doc and involves a combination of Mitchell a pick and either of DeBrinket or Boquist
1: ah uh, uh, that is like actually the...
0: certifiably insane
1: pain that's pain
0: we we love a uh, good old uh, trade talk that's
1: more than and we don't know how to evaluate
0: that's more than what allegedly Jack Eichel's
2: worth. Yeah. I know um. the deal cuz that's similar to, well oh, I don't want to say similar cuz I don't know exactly. Again, adding myself is knowing even less about the Blackhawks, but that's <laughs> cuz I hate the Blackhawks, like not no lie, honesty on the table. Um similar to I think the Flyers projected deal for that involved either one of connecting or Farabee. Uh, Myers, potentially Frost, and, like, a draft pick. Yeah, that's a very mm, similar – it's a very similar
0: comparison. So it's, it's like, are we just overvaluing Jones, or, like, is he that good? I think think it's an overvaluation. I think Columbus is trying to – the way I see it is that Columbus is trying to cover their ass,
1: for lack of a better
0: word, because – They've already lost so many other players and have j- j- just seem to have gotten barely anything in return. I think one of their best returns was the Nick Felino trade, um, and that was a first. And like that's pretty basically it. I mean, they let lo- they lost Panarin, and Duchenne and Dezingle That you know when they went all in and they lost them all in free agency for nothing. I think yeah, they're really just trying to prove like. That I think Kekalainen's is trying to prove that he's still like competent in his job and like that he, if he does lose another star player on their team, that he'll get more in return for them. Because I think also I think also, the Josh Anderson Max Domi trade, which was the other big trade that Kekalainen did uh, last offseason, um, I think that deal hasn't panned out fully the way they wanted to either. I know that Max Domi wants to stay, but I think his production has not lived up to perhaps the way josh anderson has flourished in montreal and obviously you're going to compare the two since they were traded for one another um so i wonder if the overvaluation of of seth jones is that or just simply like norris caliber defensemen are hard to come by and this is just result of that I, or if it's a combination of those things or if oh, yeah, Seth think, Jones even yeah. is a Norris caliber defenseman because he had, a, he had a I, I think
2: batter. it's a combination of, of kind of both situations I, I think that's a fair way a fair way to put it that that teams see that Norris caliber thought and see maybe how high he was drafted and and how he's developed and they're like ooh, good hockey man we must trade all the things for him or Columbus being like <laughs> Good hockey man, give us all the things for him. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it also kind of is that whole thing of, of Columbus has lost so much for for so little for nothing. That yeah. they're kind of like, uh, if we're gonna lose this man who clearly doesn't want to be here after next year, like, please give us something good for him, something, so we don't yeah. look really bad again <laughs> when we like lose a guy for nothing <laughs> or lose a guy for like so little, because. Um, I don't, I think it's maybe too early on, on another, like the move they made with uh, Dubois and bringing Oh, I in, forgot about that one too, bring A. Yeah. I had really had to make sure I have the right team. and You didn't say it. I was like, <laughs> am I right? No, you're but right. But I, I think, really forgot I think it's is. a little too early maybe on that regard, but it also just seems like there's something in the water in Columbus. Yeah. Because I know but I, I know it's also maybe like Patrick Linea himself. Yeah. has I had mean, a couple issues as well. Like personally and like in Winnipeg. The whole like because a lot of stuff has come out like not like recently but just over time while he's been there about the way he feels like he's treated and this and that. But it's also like hmm, buddy this isn't the first time yeah. that there's been some issues.
0: I I so think, I don't I don't really know where that was going. No, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I I forgot about that trade completely. So thank you for bringing that up. But I think Line a, I don't know what the deal is with him. I mean, I I don't want to be too negative on him simply because I know that things came mm-hmm. out about perhaps he was hazed a bit in Winnipeg, and yeah. I, and that yeah okay that I didn't know that yeah. can mess with you for sure. Getting you know when you come to a new country where you don't really know anybody and you don't particularly know the Mm -hmm. language and all that, um, that and you feel that you are a valued member of your team and you're being, you know, treated. Perhaps over to treated poorly to a point where it's over the line. So I don't want to like rag on line a that much, but it does seem like a pattern that he seems to have, you know, an ego and it kind of needs to be in check. But I also, as a Rangers fan, I know what it's like at the end of a Tortorella coaching tenure that he can kind of wear out his welcome. And, and I, I know that Dubois had issues with him. Lainé had issues with him um, and now he's not in the picture anymore. So I wonder if that's enticing enough for Lainé to stay and Dubois really kind of, you know, was a disappointment in Winnipeg for the most part um, since the trade. So I, I wouldn't call it a wash, but I would say that the jury's still out on whether that was a good deal for. Yeah. I mean, anytime you trade mm-hmm. your your future number one center and you picked in like third overall or whatever, it's gonna raise eyebrows. Yeah. But I mean, for Patrick sure. Line is no slouch either when he's you know playing well. So I think there's just mm-hmm. a lot of question marks in Columbus right now, and like like you said, I think there might be something in the water, and you have to look into like what is causing like why won't players stay there? Is it real? Is it just columbus is that horrible of a place it doesn't seem like that horrible of a place um and they have a really dedicated fan base and all that so i wonder if it was really just tortorella out like wearing out his welcome and now that there's a new coach and a new culture in place i yeah. think that things will turn around but something's got to give there yeah. I think. and and if if it's if seth, if, seth, if seth jones doesn't stay then uh you they have you know some assessing to do because they also have Warenski there as well who they have to try to yeah, you yeah know, I think keep enticed to stay. I
2: think Tortorella really is one of the factors here because like it's it's not and, and like I said you guys know very well what it looks like <laughs> yes, as a do. Tortorella coached team and when you're towards the end and kind of all the things that come out um so uh, there's definitely like probably like some blame there when, when you look at the way his 10 years have gone and how especially in, in Columbus how all these players are like nah I don't want to be here like get me out <laughs> so it's it, I mean es- essentially I feel like that's kind of how it went essentially it I was like yeah. it was like, mm, yeah. like I'm out peace like can't do this anymore um so I think it's it's fair to, to look at the organization uh, especially next year like see how things go and like was it really just the Tortorella thing or is it just Columbus just isn't an attractive place to play so I mean I was there once before and it was like a very nice a very nice place like it's a very dedicated fan base I only heard the cannon once which I was very thankful for because I didn't want my head (laughs) to explode yep but um yeah it's definitely something I think to keep an eye on just with how many players have been like no I don't want to be here anymore like let me leave. Like, trade me. Don't sign me. Like, I, I don't want to be here. So I think that is something to keep an eye on and, and see if that really was, like, a Tortorella thing and players are like, okay, now nah, I'm good now. Like, I you know, like the environment now. Or if it's just, like, the organization just running away where players yeah. are like, mm, yeah.
0: Nah, uh, uh, like, this isn't gonna fly. Yeah. I think, I wonder also if they with this new regime, they try to keep Jones and then perhaps just trade him at the deadline um, or right before July 1 of next year Um, because he does have a year left on the contract whoever trades for him will probably get like a verbal agreement or automatically sign him to an extension but he does have he does have a year left with Columbus so they don't they it's like a Jack Eichel situation with the with waiting out his no move clause Um, they don't Mm -hmm. have to jump on this right away um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, the only reason to maybe jump on it now is to not use a protection spot on him in the expansion draft if he doesn't want to stay. Um, yeah, that's that's probably but, one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why they want to expedite it, but also they don't have to rush. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe they do convince him, you know, with this new coach and, and maybe they make the playoffs again and do well to tell him, like, you know that we were put, making you a priority now um yeah. so i mean it'll be interesting to see unfold i mean that we i think we have this we have th- this going on in a couple places where the star player is unhappy and the organization is trying to figure out what to do with them so uh
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: it'll be interesting yeah, to watch there's unfold. certainly
2: some other in- instances of a, mm. of that exact thing that we've probably
0: talked the ground yeah ad, ad nauseum um yeah
2: really I, th- I think with with jones I, I think it would be interesting to see if columbus is willing to take that gamble
0: mm-hmm.
2: and maybe they don't find a deal they like or, or maybe they're gonna try and convince him to stay after kind of everything and see if maybe like you said the new you know the the new staff and, and maybe the team having a good year can kind of entice him. i i think that would definitely be a big gamble just it because would. of how adamant it it seems that Jones wants out, especially with the whole, but but the whole thing also is the teams do want that agreement because it's one of those, like, we're not going to bring you in just to lose you. Yeah. yeah. But it would also be like a similar situation if he's traded at the deadline, but at the deadline, it's always seen more as like a, we're all in, like if this is what it takes to get us there and we lose you at the end of the season. Oh, well, at least we got our cup, like, you know, stuff like that. So I, I think I don't, I don't know. I can't say I don't think he'll be, like, on Columbus, but I would see it hard unless Columbus really doesn't get what they want or, like, they don't lower their asking price. I just don't see a way that Jones is going to be in Columbus next season, but stranger things have happened, and if Columbus wants to turn around, maybe, the reputation they seem to have of not being able to keep their stars— then that could be the one direction they might take and say, hey, like, we want you, like, we want to make you, like, a priority of the team. We want to show you that, like, we're trying, like, this is a good place to be. Then I I can see it, but based on how everything just transpires in Columbus, I would just find it
0: hard.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And I I mean, if anyone's, like, if any GM is is known for taking a gamble, it's Kekalinen. so we really don't know. But um, I agree with everything you just said, and – I really don't have much else to add to it. Um, So the only other NHL like uh, stuff I had written down was some free agents that, uh, you know, it's coming out that they've been given permission to look elsewhere. Um, I think the one that, that hurts the most for me is Zach Hyman. Um, So Zach Hyman, the the Maple Leafs. So this is the actually interesting thing. I'll, I'll tie them together. So Zach Hyman was, was given permission to speak to other teams in free agency. Um, I think this was kind of expected. He, he wants a raise which he deserves and uh, I think he wants to see what else is out there before he uh, decide I, I don't think I think he just blind he doesn't want to blindly take a hometown discount to stay in Toronto. Um, yeah, I think is, is the best way to put it. But all, on the flip side of that, which I find very interesting is that Freddie Anderson was not given permission to speak to other teams at this time yeah when I yeah, thought, that was a little I thought it was strange because I, I thought you know I think it's clear that they're all in on Jack Campbell because yeah. Freddie mm-hmm. Anderson also wants a raise and and I know Toronto has a lot of money but they're already kind of cap strapped um and I think uh goaltending isn't really where they need to spend the money at this moment mm. um with you know Jack Campbell proving that he can play well and he's still assigned um I wonder if they're telling Freddie right now that he can't look elsewhere because they want to get his rights, send his rights somewhere before free begins. Yeah, that's agency what I was begins. thinking. I going to see that. Um, they have time to kill a little bit of time. Not a whole lot of time. They only have a few weeks, but they do have a few weeks of time to kill. So I wonder if they're just keeping him close for now because they, they think they can work something out. Because I, I highly doubt they're going to extend him. I don't I I I'm like ninety percent yeah. sure that's not going to happen. So that's the only yeah. reasoning I can see, or they, because they I believe even that they still have to to protect or expose him. So I wonder if they're trying to use him as bait so they don't lose Kerfoot to Seattle because that was that seems like the consensus person that Seattle could take is Kerfoot. So. Yeah. I don't really know what Kyle Dubas and, and company are doing uh, in that regard um, with keeping Freddie away from other teams. I thought that was extremely interesting. Um, Zach Hyman didn't come as a surprise. It's just more of a very sad moment for, for me because he used one of my favorite Leafs. And he's a fellow member of the tribe. He is Jewish, so go off. But <laughs> um, but I really like him and yeah. I really like what he brought to the Leafs roster. He's been one of their most consistent forwards for a hot minute um him and William Nylander I sing their praises a lot but they would the the Leafs wouldn't make it um especially in the playoffs without Zach Hyman or William Nylander um so if they lose one or both of them this offseason I'm a little worried but um yeah those are my thoughts on the Leafs uh (laughs) free agency announcements my little my little spiel about that because I think most other free agency things are, aren't that aren't too surprising, but those two things uh, came out, and I, and I was mostly surprised about the Freddie Anderson uh, one.
2: Yeah, this, the the thing yeah. with Anderson is I took a look to to check if he had any like clauses. He's only got the modified no trade, so they don't have to protect him. Correct? That's
0: only no movement. Yeah, it's a, it, it's it only if they have a full him. no movement clause, then you have to. Yes, yeah, so
2: he he's got a modified no trade. That kicked in in the second year of his contract, and obviously goes throughout the end of this year. Um, so they don't—I guess they don't necessarily have to protect him. Um, and I don't know with the way he kind of—I don't know if this is fair to say. You maybe will know more that he—I don't want to say he fell off, but it just seemed like he's kind of—I know he had injuries at the at the. Yes, end he was injured at the end, end out of, of for a while. Last so. Season, yeah. That obviously, you know, played, you know, had a lot to do with it. But uh, I agree in the whole Jack Campbell thing is, you know, when they were riding him for that long winning streak, like it, the team was really rallying around him. And Jack Campbell's just a really good story. Um, I remember his time with the Kings. Um, he's just that very feel-good story that you just want to root for. So I can see the Leafs kind of going all in on on him and kind of making him their their goaltender. Um, kind of, of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the thing with not letting Anderson talk to any teams is kind of, again, like, I agree with your assessment of the, like, they probably, if they're not going to bring him back, which wouldn't be surprising if he, like, wants a raise because um, he's making, what, five? Five, million? I believe. Or, yeah, the the cap, yeah, he's five million. was a five-year, $25 million contract. And if he's looking for a raise on that, um, I don't think he's gonna get it in Toronto, just because, yeah. like you said, the whole their whole cap situation, um, with how much money they have tied up into um, certain guys. Because right now they have um, like not a little over nine million on the cap, like left to spend, mm-hmm. and they've also got quite a few guys to sign. I mean, not if they're gonna bring them all back, obviously, <laughs> but because I yeah. mean, it's Felino's a free agent, Thornton's a free agent. Galchenyuk, who I forgot was in Toronto as <laughs> a free agent.
1: I also um, forgot about that. Jeez.
2: Like, a couple of the guys aren't, like, most of them aren't, like, big name players and wouldn't cost much. Like, if they bring Joe Thornton back, like, the man is 42, like. <laughs> It'll be Lieberman. Because I for think sure. he said. Yeah, I think he said he's interested in coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll. If they resign him which I think. would I, Fe- be I by. think
0: Felina was a rental, but, I mean, you do never know. But, um. Yeah. I believe and, that. I- they just were going all in because they didn't want to lose a playoff round again and they lost a playoff round again. So,
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, that was definitely, I think what the Nick Foligno move was for sure. And like the the guys that they have like as free agents, like most of them aren't really like big name guys. Yeah. Um, At least I don't think they are.
0: I think their big uh, like accomplishment was getting Dermot's extension done at that low of a number. Yeah. Um, he's clearly invested in staying on the team, which yay for me because as a Leafs fan, but also like, I I really, I, the fact that he only played in one game in the Montreal series made me a, a little angry. I know that they really like Sandin uh, or Sandine, mm-hmm. however you say his last name, but
1: yeah.
0: uh, I know they really like him, but I really think Dermott is a little underappreciated when it comes to his impact on that defense. Even, even in a bottom pairing situation um and so i was kind of hoping that maybe they traded him or i mean they can still leave him exposed the 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 extension doesn't bar him from that um but i was hoping maybe he would go somewhere else and get more of a chance to flourish but maybe he maybe they trade justin hall or something and and you know he ends up plugging into a, a higher role but i think that was like one of their big like gets. On, on a value contract. um, mm-hmm. I do wonder what they're going to do in free agency. They can't do a whole lot. Um, I think the trade market is kind of where they're going to have to look. Um, I'm worried they're going to trade Nylander because they need to scapegoat somebody. They always have to scapegoat yeah. somebody after their first round yeah. losses. <laughs> and it seems like he might get it or Riley might get it. Um, But the Leafs are an interesting, an interesting case. And, and the whole Freddie thing kind of adds to that.
2: Yeah, I think that's the, the whole thing on on Nylander. It's just like a revolving door of oh Toronto loses in the first round, let's trade Nylander. Oh, Where are Toronto we gonna play? Yeah. again? Let's trade our best like our best forward in the playoffs. It was it um,
0: was it was Jake Gardner for a while, and like the criticisms of him are valid. Mm-hmm. But in Nylander's case, he is absolutely not the reason why they lost in that playoff round, and he's yeah. like I said previously like a like literally like a couple minutes ago. Him and Hyman have been two of their most consistent forwards for the last couple of years. Yeah. Nylander, you know, is I mean, he's not like a goal scorer, but he can score goals and he's a play and he has great vision. I mean, I think his playmaking is one of the highlights of of his game. And He's just a general all-around good forward, and I think his contract is an insane value. So if they do trade him, whoever gets that contract, bless you, because you're getting a crazy good deal. I mean, him and Pasternak are on very similar deals, and both of them, I think, outperform their their value um, yeah. on the cap. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see what moves they make. I think scapegoating either Nylander or Riley or trading either of them is a bad idea. Um, but then they also do have to worry that Riley's not going to be on that awesome contract forever. I think it's coming to an end soon. Um are talking about Riley Nash, right? Uh, Morgan Riley.
2: More Oh my god, I knew that. I literally <laughs> knew that. I don't know why I said that. He makes Cuz like, I was like uh, he's, he's only making it.
0: like 5 or 6 million dollars right now and that's he's definitely going to be 5 million
2: up. for 5 million for one more year and yeah. then he'll be a UFA. I'm just having like I'm still not away
0: it's fine. None of us have had the quiet so moment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so but yeah. I just their their whole situation is very fascinating to me because Kyle Dubas has a lot of work to do and I think he's facing a lot of pressure. Um I oh, think there I, I, I think there was pressure before this loss to Montreal, but now there's even more pressure. Um and I don't think blame should be on him. He's putting the roster in the best position to succeed. I think you have to look at particularly Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Um, and their mm-hmm. lack of playoff I performance. Agree. They had combined one goal in that in that series, which is completely unacceptable, especially for the money they make. Mm. Um, but it's easier to scapegoat the lazy European William Nylander, who was born in Canada, if we forget. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm not going to get on that soapbox right now. Um, <laughs> the only other free agents thing I had written down, because these are the teams that I pay the most attention to, um, the Hurricanes and Dougie Hamilton... Still don't seem to be close on an extension. Um, time the clock is kind of ticking on on that situation. I'm not surprised about that because that's that's been the narrative all year. What I am surprised about is potentially who they're looking at to replace him. And the one that made my stomach turn, I'm like actually like getting like nauseous thinking about it, is that if Tony D'Angelo is bought out of New York or or <laughs> kicked out of New York. That they would want to sign him and I cannot express to you how much I do not want that to happen to the Hurricanes I don't I don't want him in any I don't want him in any any NHL locker room to start with but let alone one of a team that I like and one that has such a I think the one thing about the Hurricanes that people always talk about is their culture and the the way that Mm -hmm. they care about each other and and play for each other and they're already losing a huge character guy in Martinook. they might lose another in Brock McGinn so to lose those two guys and then bring in Tony D'Angelo, I think would just be it's a big huge one eighty a huge one eighty yeah, for them, and you're not gonna get nearly the same caliber of performance as you would from Dougie Hamilton. It's there's no Oh not that's not much breaking much. even. That's a downgrade. Yeah. Um the only That's thing another were... player,
1: like I just kind of forgot that he could like go somewhere else. Yeah, I was like, Oh that,
0: the only thing the only thing that the Hurricanes would be upgrading on in that situation would be money. Because if he's bought out by New York, they could sign him for very, very cheap. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think that it's worth bringing that presence. I mean, I feel like the, the person you would have to ask, the people you would have to ask there are Jesper Fast and Brady Shea. But if things were as bad as they were at the end of D'Angelo's tenure with the Rangers, I mean, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how bad it was like when Jesper and Brady were there.
1: Right. Um. So... Mm-hmm.
0: I would probably consult them on it. But, I mean, you all you have to look at is that his, one of his teammates punched him in the face. I would not want that man anywhere near my locker room. And the fact that exactly. no AHL team it's, would take him, that Hartford wouldn't take him, and no other AHL team would take him on a loan. They all that says yeah, They all told the Rangers no. So, I, I mean, why would you – I mean, it, I don't think any amount of offensive production from him would make that headache worth it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, exactly what I was going to say. There's no amount of like money savings or potential like output you could get for him that should make it worth it to potentially like destroy such a great culture that you've made there and, and such yeah. a like a great bond that these guys seem to have. Um, it, it's not worth it to bring in a, a guy who not even just like this past year, but who previously has just had these issues follow yeah. him um it, it's not worth it to bring that into to a culture where these guys like clearly love each other play for each other all all the hockey cliches and whatnot yeah so there's nothing there's no output you can get from him because you're not going to get anywhere close to a dougie hamilton like vibe or dougie mm-hmm. hamilton like output from him that would make it worth it to be like hmm he's had this many issues his teammate punched him in the face like nobody wanted him like Let's bring him in and see if we can as we've said before fix him. I can fix a
0: him. I can fix him situation and yeah. Um like you made the point too that it's everywhere and I and I do like it's been at all levels of his play and I and I mm. want to point out that none of none of what we're talking about because I'm sure there'll be people defending this this point. This isn't about his politics. I mean, I think we could all three of us yeah, no. disagree with his politics, but that's a completely different um, factor here and that's not what yeah. we're talking about we're talking about his actual hockey, on the hockey side of things not the off the ice stuff yeah. um, you know, saying you know, slurs at refs saying slurs at teammates, getting punched in the face by a teammate in the locker room, that has nothing to do with I mean, it may have something to do with his politics but it's not purely because of that um, mm-hmm. I don't hate him yeah. because he's a Republican most hockey players are Republicans um, I don't hate him for that I hate him because I think he's a terrible person. Um Yeah. That's a- <laughs> I mean that's that's pretty yeah. That's, I mean when you're, when your own fans are trying to call you out for your behavior and because it's not you could be liberal and behave poorly on social media and treat people like crap. So it's not about that. I keep keep trying to point that out because I've gotten that argument a lot from people who defend him on Twitter. Like you only hate him because of his politics. I don't hate him because of his politics. I really don't. I have family members that I love dearly that are very conservative. It's not that. Um, When you threaten to fight a fan outside MSG, when you are punched by your own teammate, when you're calling people racist and homophobic slurs, all those things are just bottom line make you a bad person yeah that's, that's uh, I mean that's so I, I mean yeah that, that's clear before we get but yeah. actually or, or accusations <laughs> in our in our you know, in our mentions <laughs> when people find out we talked about Tony D'Angelo but yeah I just think it would be a horrible horrible idea to bring him into that mm. Hurricanes locker room
2: yeah that's pretty I, I think nail on the head and, and a good thing to bring up with a guy like him especially who's obviously very like outspoken in in his beliefs which I guess like go off I don't I don't really know Mm -hmm. um but we won't obviously dive into that but yeah the whole like on ice stuff like that's yeah that's absolutely where this direction is because when you're like affecting like your teammates that much where they want to punch you in the face and then seemingly when you're gone like mimic it and laugh about it afterwards as in, like, oh, remember when I punched that him in the so face? That was so funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, when when your teammates are clearly like happy about what happened and and seemingly like glad you're not there, like that kind of points a finger in your direction. Like, hmm, maybe you're the problem on the
0: ice.
1: Maybe yeah,
2: you're the issue with the way with the way you respond and and the way you act to when things don't go your way, like. <laughs> It, it's just like it's just funny kind because of it sounds like everything. we're
1: talking about a child. Like it, it sounds I mean, like we're talking about a toddler. Wanna,
2: I don't want to like say that, but like, mm, the good uh, observation. Like, oh, we didn't oh, go that okay.
1: way. Like, mm, like that's but, that's so tragic.
2: I mean, yeah, that's just that's just how it seems like it, it it is though. Is when it's like wasn't going his way. I don't remember the exact situation. I don't know if this was around the time he got punched in the face. The whole like was it was it like an overtime goal that like he misplayed or something and yeah, then so when, the so goal set? Yeah. The,
0: the, the play that led to the incident, I, we've talked about it before, but there was an overtime goal against um Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh scored the overtime winner on Georgiev. And I guess D'Angelo thought and he was on the ice, D'Angelo, and I think D'Angelo might have thought that. Gorgiev could have done something different or something better and mentioned it to him in the tunnel or something and then it led to the altercation in, in the room and they do have a history going back to Hartford apparently um where they haven't really liked each other allegedly Chris Kreider might have stepped in there were some in his postgame interview there uh you could see his knuckles they were a little bruised and then it was edited later on when people were speculating that <laughs> he also was involved Um, We're never going to know the full truth. Um, The Rangers have everything close to to the chest. Um, They like to spin things to their narrative. And after the fact, it's a lot of PR work there. Um, Mm. Dolan is a mastermind at that. Especially using (laughs) beat reporters to his advantage. And that's not to criticize beat reporters because I understand if especially with the rangers if you want to stay on the beat you have to do certain things to comply with what they want otherwise because yeah. they're very yeah. stingy with credentials and all that um but yeah it's just it was a, it was a shitty situation and like i said it just speaks to the kind of person that he is and it's just someone that you shouldn't want around your team especially in carolina where you already established a good culture you shouldn't want someone in there that's messing it up that isn't going to yeah. be worth it on with yeah. the on ice performance um yeah. we're running a little long but um i we there's two more things we have written down and i just first of all i think we i all we're all on the same page with this we didn't bring it up we want to wish Pecarina a happy and wonderful retirement yes um he retired i think this that was I think that's the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to Nashville's total rebuild. I was yeah. kind of beating the drum mm-hmm. all year last year that I didn't understand why they didn't have a fire sale at the deadline, um, because it's over. Uh, one the <laughs> sure. the le- they're yeah. one of the oldest teams. They're I one of the oldest teams mean, in the league now. I mean, it's the fact that they even made the playoffs is just a, is just because of the way the divisions were formatted this year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I mean, it it was nice to do one more run for the fans, I guess, and give Pekka one more run. But now mm-hmm. that he's gone, I think we're going to see all the dominoes it's fall.
1: Time. Yeah. Yeah. In we've Nashville, kind of
0: already started to. Yeah. So happy yeah. retirement to Pekka. He, from all accounts, is a, is a wonderful person. He won the
1: King Clank. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, really well liked guy great goaltender kind of sad yeah always
1: just seemed like very personable very sweet yeah. very kind, very likable yeah his article from the other day made me cry it was, what was when, it when players he, tribune when
0: he said was there we'll win a cup eventually all the great hockey towns do i i, I was I, like i got emotional because <laughs> i mean someone already said it on twitter but pekka really did help make nashville a hockey town yeah um uh-huh. you know so I, they they lose you know one of the faces of their organization I'm sure he'll be around the org still um Mm -hmm. seems like the kind of person he is uh but yeah best of luck to him I I wish they could have gotten a cup for him maybe he'll rejoin the org in the front office and one day
1: he'll win (laughs) a cup that
0: way that's my pipe dream for Henrik Lundqvist at at least um but (laughs) best of luck to him uh yes and we wish them all the best um the other thing that uh, jen, jen and i wanted to talk about was yeah. a recent uh announcement about nwhl hires they uh yeah two directors of scouting uh for the usa and canada actually let me get their names
1: i was about to look um, it up because i don't remember because I,
0: all i remember is two white men
1: yeah it's um, not very memorable okay um for Canada his name is Ken Dufton yes. and for the USA his name is Bill Flanagan and yes. I don't I knew know something like super you. Irish
0: <laughs> um yeah so Bill Flanagan I think is the one that Jen and I were both you know concerned with yeah um yeah. he very concerned is noted as an anti-masker a COVID denier <laughs> if I remember correctly
1: Um, Yeah, the um the tweet that people were kind of bringing up is, um somebody had tweeted. Well, I have it in front of me. Charlie Kirk at Charlie Kirk eleven had tweeted uh, on November twenty second of twenty twenty, lockdown orders should be ignored. All businesses, schools, and churches must immediately open. It is time for the largest act of civil disobedience in American history. Which do with that what you will. And this you said that was November twenty twenty. Yeah.
0: Interesting what happened a couple months later, an act of civil disobedience. We're gonna get there.
1: We're gonna get there. Don't even worry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this new scout at Cyclones Junior Coach, I'm not sure if his at has changed since then, display name Coach Bill, um, simply tweeted, agree. Interesting. Yeah, Um... and I think... Well, I, I'm not sure if this is what you're alluding to. You could be alluding to a couple different things. One of uh, one of my immediate thoughts was bringing in someone with this viewpoint to a league that quite literally got derailed by COVID cases last year. Like, yeah, if you recall, their season literally had to end because they had too many COVID cases. The Riveters had to pull out of the season first, then I think the Whale, and then they were like, okay, we just have to shut down the whole season because there are too many COVID cases. So I think it's extremely dangerous to bring in someone who... And granted, maybe his opinion has changed. We don't know. I don't follow him on Twitter. I don't really know who he is outside of his context. Um, (laughs) But, you know, to bring in somebody with that viewpoint to a league that was literally shut down because of COVID cases um, is a little scary. And again, granted, I know he's just a scout. I don't know how much authority or whatever he's gonna have in his position but just to have someone like that involved in the league is a little bit concerning and the other concern is that these two hires are two older white men and i'm sick of those i think that was my initial
0: (laughs) that was my initial reaction to the hires because like you i didn't know who these two people were so yeah I think my initial reaction was more so on that end of the spectrum. And then when you find out about, you know, the other stuff, you get kind of that the other stuff raises exactly. eyebrows. But I think the main concern for me is to, you know, bring the conversation away from politics again, because I think that's always like an argument of like, you hate someone because of their politics and like <laughs> people don't know what the First Amendment means and all that stuff. But anyway, so yeah. um, when it comes to, you know, a women's league and scouting women's players, and there are plenty of qualified women out there former women's players who or just women in general in the sport that were are probably just as knowledgeable and you make the choice to hire two older white men I I I just question it I think it's strange I I know a lot of people are a little little more outraged than we are I'm more (laughs) just like a word that's a little weird annoyed Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm more confused and like weirded out than angry, but I do understand the anger, um, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, I think it all ties back to the events of this past offseason with um, barstool involvement and, uh, you know, like you said, the COVID stuff shutting down the season,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: digit stuff is still unresolved. I think it's just yeah another L. For the league um, at this point. There's no other way to put it. Um, it's
1: just Yeah, like, before we started recording, I was like, oh, I want to talk about this, and Sam was like, well, I feel like every time we mention the end of the show, we're just dumping on them, and I feel bad, because in my heart of hearts, I love the NWHL. It's done so much for me, and I've been so happy to be a part of its journey over the past couple of years. But just seeing what it's... I don't want to say what it's turned into, because that sounds very permanent, but seeing the direction it's going in, I guess, um, over the past year or so is very concerning. Um, and especially because like, I felt like this was a league that you know, always really depended on its reporters and its supporters and just you know, like it was very by the people for the people. And another thing that I had read about, um, Mr. Bill Flanagan is that he used to work for the PWHPA, which, okay, fine. Um, don't really care. We know my stance on that. Um, if you don't know my stance on that, it's that, um, I, I don't know if I have one. I'm kind of whatever. Yay. Women talkie. Um, but the, the thing that concerned me is apparently reporters or just general media members from the NWHL had been saying like oh I can't even see this guy's Twitter like he has me blocked because I tried to ask him a question once and I'm like (laughs) you can't you can't go into any kind of yeah I mean that really just isn't a good way to live life bottom line but especially if and when you're working in sports and if and when you're working in the NWHL particularly like you have to be open to like criticism and feedback because this is such a young league with so far to go. And if you're just gonna block anyone who questions you, like that's just not good. Like you can't just exist in your echo chamber. Um so those are my thoughts. I would love to be proven wrong. Like Sam said, I'm not really outraged. I'm just kind of slightly annoyed, uh more than anything. And like I said, I'm hoping to be proven wrong, but not optimistic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I think we're just waiting I think like you said I think we're in now right now my my mood towards the NWHL is please use the season the right like once the season pit starts please prove me wrong that like everything I'm I've been complaining about this off season, it all goes away and the league does great and, <laughs>
1: yeah and exactly
0: everything's happy again because right now I'm just not thrilled about like you said the direction it's not permanent but the direction um, yeah exactly and on that note, we've, we're like almost at like an hour and 20. So <laughs> I think it's, it's a good time to, to wrap it up. I, I think we're all tired and Jen has to, you know,
1: skedaddle in a bit. So Can i going to go to my doctor's appointment. Who's excited?
0: So obviously now is when things <laughs> kind of kick into high gear, uh, starting Sunday. So woohoo, it's Friday now. So, uh, buckle up, um, but I don't know about you guys. I'm excited for these next few weeks, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And we will, we will do our best to go over, if not all of it, most of it. The things that we are, you know, knowledgeable of. I think we added ourselves as casually knowledgeable about some teams, but we'll, but we'll, <laughs> we'll try our best. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can at at Pucker Up Sports. Um, that's on every social media platform at PuckerUpSports. Um, watch out for, especially tweets from us. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Jen, good luck at your doctor's appointment. And we will see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.